0: Welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Debbie Desmond.
1: (laughs) So, Father, we just want to come and just ask that you would just speak to our hearts, Lord, the thing that you want to speak to us. We just ask that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. And yeah, Lord, we thank you that you're always speaking and that you're here with us and you've got something specific that you want to speak to our, each of our hearts. So Lord, give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just want to share with you just a little bit. Um, we're on a, a sort of topic of his presence at the moment, um, just his presence. And we were in this conversation recently Um and we're just discussing the fact that when I say um, I value his presence, it's a key value of mine in my life, or I say, you know, um, actually, it would probably be a really good idea to define this is what I mean when I'm saying, um, when I speak about his presence, and so, you know, I was thinking about this this last week, and, and so that I'm just really sharing from my my thoughts about that, and, you know, The dictionary um, definition of presence is um, being present is a state of being present. Presence is a state of being present, existing at the right hand now in the immediate proximity. And so it's like right here in front of you, next to you. And the manifest presence means this, but that it's absolutely evident you can see evidence of his presence around you um, and i was thinking about this and i was thinking about the diff in this whole sense of his presence and being present um, i thought about australia Now, I know a whole lot about Australia, but what if I knew more? Maybe I'd read so many books on Australia. I'd studied the culture of Australia. I knew that Australia's history. I knew everything you could know about Australia. In fact, I knew more about Australia than Australians themselves, right? But there's a difference between me knowing that here in South Africa, because I've never actually been to Australia. But if I actually went to Australia like my husband has and I put my feet on the ground and I actually lived with the Australians and I went to the restaurants and I ate Australian cuisine and I met all the different people groups there, I would have a very different experience. And I think there's this difference between knowing about Australia, all about it in my head and actually being present in Australia. And the difference, I think, is the fact that I'm experiencing it. It's this difference between in my head, knowing about something, and an experience really happens in your heart, you know. Um, It's the same as if somebody told me all about Joe Bloggs. They told me everything there is to know about Joe Bloggs. He's a good guy. And maybe he's got these weaknesses. He tells me this and that and everything there is to know about Joe Blogs. But there's a difference between me knowing about him and then actually meeting him. I meet him and now there's a different experience that I have of him. There's a difference in it. And, and again, it's this difference between knowing in my head about him and then when I actually meet them and I in start interacting, I now have an experience of Joe Blogs, and my knowledge of him my prior knowledge of him may actually enhance my experience of him because now I know his history I know his likes and dislikes etc however on the other hand it might hinder my experience of him because what I knew in my head about him I might have perceived in a certain way um, but actually when I meet him I think well wow I never I never thought that you you know I had a different idea when that person told me that about you I had a different idea of how that was going down now I meet him and I realize I was wrong
0: like the like the friend I have one of my friends um, we knew each other at university Um, about 10 years after we were both married we got together again and we were having this chat and I told her I said you know when I first met you I thought you were kind of cute and she said you know, Nigel. It's funny actually because you know when I first met you, I thought you were quite handsome, and then I got to know you. So you know, <laughs> what can you do with that?
1: <laughs> Pretty harsh. Uh, so maybe you, you know, so this is experience someone versus knowing about them from a distance. <laughs> Thankfully that
0: wasn't Debbie's. Yeah, you only
1: get better with knowing. Thank you. That's babe. my Thank estimation. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so there's this difference between knowing in your head and actually experiencing. And that's what, you know, this whole thing of presence and the presence of God and what we're talking about present is we're having more that we know God, but his presence, his in, in our immediate proximity, is we are face to face with God, and we have an experience with Him which connects with our heart as well. And it reminds me, um, like I said earlier, it reminds me of when the Israelites had the opportunity to come into God's presence. Um, and I'm just going to read. It's quite a long bit of. Um, Scripture, but it's it's definitely worth reading Exodus nineteen. When so, this is God speaking to Moses. Says now, if you obey me fully and keep my um, covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests, plural, and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. And the people all responded together, we will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord and the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled, and then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently, so they were having quite an experience already um yeah it's like they're in the middle of an earthquake and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder and then Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him and the Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and, Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain so Moses went up and the Lord said to him go down and warn the people so that they do not force their way through to see the Lord and many of them perish even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves or the Lord will break out against them. And Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up Mount Sinai because you yourself warned us, put limits around the mountain and set it apart as holy. And the Lord replied, go down and bring Aaron up with you. But the priests and the people must not force their way through to come up to the Lord or he will break out against them. So uh, Moses went down to the people and told them And, and God said, they mustn't come up until he gives the word. So they were to stay within the limits until he gave the word. But then I'm skipping a couple of verses and then in um, Exodus 20, it says, "When, when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear and they stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have the Lord speak to us or we will die. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, God has come to test you so that Um, the fear of God will be in you to keep you from sinning, and the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was, and, you know, for me, I looked at, you look at this, and, and God was giving them an invitation to come into the, into his presence, right, Um, but they, they saw God, and how awesome he was, and they were afraid, and they said, no, actually, actually, no, we don't want this. We actually would prefer you, Moses, to speak to God, and then you can come tell us all about him. And this is the whole, you know, it's like I was saying, like, no, actually, I don't think I'll go to Australia. You go to Australia, and then you come and tell me all about it. So, you know, it's like they had the invitation, but they said, no, actually, mm, I'm not quite sure. And, and you know, I realized like, you know, the presence of God puts a couple of things into perspective, Um, when we come into God's presence that we're not always aware of until we get on the brink of entering in in a deeper way into his presence and the first one we come into this perspective that God is truly an awesome powerful and holy God he's awesome and powerful and holy and you know we have to there's a couple of things we face in that we face that actually, you know what? This is who I am in comparison to that. You know, I'm, I'm not perfect. We see our weaknesses. We see how we feel fall short of His perfection and His holiness. And then we also realize, you know, it gives us the perspective that we're not in control. We're not in control um, because if we come into God's presence, we realize how awesome and powerful is He is, and that actually we're not actually in control of anything i think a larger i mean i've noticed this in my life and you probably will also see is like we have an illusion of being in control of our Mm -hmm. lives we live mostly most of our lives we live in a an illusion that we somehow have control of our lives and there's been these moments in my life like i'm sure they've been in your life where you know something will happen like someone, someone just has to die that you didn't expect to die. Or someone, or you know, you can lose a whole lot of money, you can lose your job. At any moment, a whole lot of things can be just come into your life and you can realize actually, I'm not in as much as control. I'm actually really dependent on God. Absolutely. And then in those moments we can say, I was like, actually, you know what? Every breath that I take is actually all in God's hands and we have these moments we get a little glimpse of the fact that hey I'm not in control but most of the time we live in illusion with um, uh, that we are somehow in control of our lives you know when we come to that place of entering into God's presence and we see how awesome and amazing he is we have to actually say we actually come to that place of like actually God is actually in control and Before we actually step in to His presence, we actually have to trust Him. Those Israelites at that point of entering into God's presence, they had to say, "Like, will I trust God that He is not going to completely wipe me out if He calls me into this dark, dense cloud and this mountain that's quaking? Can I trust Him because I realize I'm not in control in this place?" can I trust him, can I trust him with all my weaknesses, can I trust him, that he, that when I come into his presence, I am not going to feel just completely awful, and ashamed of who I am, can I trust him to love me, Mm. and accept me fully, can I trust him,
0: it's one of the biggest hindrances to Mm. receiving the presence, absolutely,
1: so, so when we're on the brink of this invitation, of, am I going to go further into God's presence? It's these sort of things. The big issue is do I trust God? Am I going to give him control? Am I going to surrender to him? Because that's what it means. I mean, I think like it's one of the big things for pastors. When the Holy Spirit pitches up and we have the opportunity for him to come. I'm going to give him control <laughs> of this meeting of <laughs> doing stuff that I have no control over, you know? Um, and then there's also this, you know, sometimes when we come into God's presence, you know, something happens. You know, some people, they don't like if they fall over or if they suddenly start laughing or they don't want to be out of control that God would somehow do something. And I'd suddenly lose my dignity, or I'd suddenly start doing something. Again, it's it's there's this trust issue. Like you know, Matthew, 11, 11 says, and when God, um, Jesus was speaking of the Holy Spirit, he says, "Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children." how much more will your father in heaven give the holy spirit to those who ask him so it's also this thing of like can i trust god that when i give over control that i can trust him that i'm not going to be deceived that he's not going to give i'm not going to get something that's demonic i'm not going to get a
0: demon i'm
1: not going to get a demon you know when i lose control can i trust him that that he will keep me safe from deception and, you know, safe from, from the devil, because, you know, I'm, these are the questions, and it's, again, this issue of trust, and, you know, it's, and, and it's still for every one of us, um, this issue of trust of how, how much are you going to give yourself over fully to the presence of God, where are you Are you, like the Israelites, preferring to have a mediator? Like, you know, there's many mediators in our world today. There's the pastor, the praise and worship leader, the book that you're reading. You know, we can know a lot about God, and we think we have a relationship, but it's different. Have you been present with him? You know, Um, I... Um, quite a few years, about eight years ago, I read um, a book by Heidi Baker, and she spoke about um, the river in ezekiel forty seven. It was an interesting time in my life that I was reading it. And um of course, um this river um, f- flows from the throne of God. and speaks really, it's about it's God himself, his spirit just flowing. Um, and he said everywhere the river flows there's life there's trees on either side of the river bearing fruit in in every season um it's just a beautiful picture of this river this beautiful river I mean like I want to be in the river you know yes that's me I want to be in the river but this is this is um Ezekiel 47 reads um about this man that measured off and and led Ezekiel into the river and it says As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. And she went on to say, speak about um, this river. It's like, how deep are you willing to go in, and give control to the Holy Spirit in your life? And at the time, um, I was thinking like we were seeing the most amazing miracles. I mean, like I was, I was on super risk mode, man. I, I, I mean, stuff was happening in our ch- in our church. I had no control over, <laughs> you know. So I'm thinking like, man. I am deep in the river, you know, (laughs) I'm not just, I can see a time where, you know, I was kicking around um, ankle deep, but I mean, I am, I am deep in the river, and God just um, brought me through some (laughs) circumstances where I thought, oh, I thought I was deep in the river, (laughs) but I think I must have been about waist deep, you know, if you're in the sea or in a, um, a river and, and, and the current comes and, it, and it, it can, like if you're in the swell. sea, a swell comes and it picks you up off your feet for a moment. And literally for that moment, you're completely, um, you haven't got any control. You're going with the current, right? But, um, but then, you know, you land back down on your feet again. And I realized, mm, actually, that's probably more the place where I am. You know, I, I I'm getting carried away by the spirit, but um, you know, I like to land down on my feet at regular intervals, you know, just feel mm, you know, I, I've still got some control <laughs> with my life, you know. Um, but I, you know, the Lord challenged me and and I was thrust thrust into some circumstances where like, I was not finding my feet on the ground anymore. It's like, hey, God, if you don't come through, this is it. You're completely in control here. I have got no control left. And the Lord was just challenging me at the time to say, you know, Debbie, um, I want you to know that you need to get used to this. This needs to be your new normal. This feeling out of control, this needs to be your new normal. Just get used to it. like, okay. (laughs) Um, And the question is for all of us is um, where are you? Are you happy to be kicking around, sort of having a bit of Holy Spirit in your life, kicking around ankle deep, but you're still in control of your life, you know? You're having a bit of a splash here and there. Or you're knee deep. Are you waist deep? Where are you? It's like the Israelites, I I looked and I'm saying, the Israelites, if you look at the way they, um, they they had the cloud and the fire. And I mean, they were led by the cloud and the fire and they wanted to be right. Um, But they were in the camp and the tent of meeting, as they called it, where God's presence was, that came was outside of the camp. And the Bible says that they watched the cloud come to the entrance of the tent where Moses met. They watched the cloud and they watched Moses enter into the presence of God. And the Bible says that he spoke with Moses face to face. And then you see Joshua, he was like right. um, He wasn't as in, I think he stood outside the tent, but I mean, he was super close, you know. (laughs) Um, but where are you? Where are you? And you know, the challenge, the, the, the thing is, is that coming deeper into the presence of God, which means not just a head knowledge, not someone else, not someone else giving you an understanding, not someone, but you yourself being present with God, means a, another level of trust in God, another level of surrender another level of giving control to the Lord and it's a question for us where do you want to stand where do you want to be in the river of God Um, and you know just getting back to that definition of being present manifest presence means readily perceived unmistakably obvious so when God is present with us it might be like like we see it with our natural eyes, like the Israelites in a cloud or a fire or whatever it might be. Um, It might not be because, you know, Elisha's servant, the kingdom of heaven was all around the angels, but he didn't see them. And then Elisha asked for them to be open, you know? Um, So God can be around. Um, But maybe, you know, sometimes like in Genesis 3, it says, and they heard the sound of the Lord Walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. That's after they sinned. So, but you know from reading Genesis that every evening, God used to come and walk with them in the garden. They used to have this moment of being in God's presence and walking with Him. Um, and when they sinned, they heard. So that that word sound in the Hebrew. It's not necessarily an audible sound, but in the sense, you could say it's like perceived. They perceived God walking in the garden. So sometimes we become aware of God's presence. The question is, what are you going to do in that moment when you become aware? Are you going to enter in or are you going to hide because you don't, you're afraid or you don't trust God enough to go deeper into him? And you know, there might obviously be, you know, when God pitches up his power is sometimes evident, like in Acts, the rushing wind or falling down, you know, in God's presence, his enemies are defeated. So when you get into God, I don't know if every of you have been in this place, in God's presence, you feel invincible, man. Like there's nothing. I mean, there's not there, you just feel like there's nothing that could get to you. That's because when God's with you, and like I remember in the um, when God's um, presence in the Ark of the Covenant went into in the enemy territory and they put him in the um, God's temple, Dagon, and they woke up the next morning and the, um, the, idol. the idol had fallen down, the head had rolled off and the two arms had broken off. With that God, no enemy can stand in God's presence. There's also blessing in God's presence. You know, you can see again and again, and he and he, um, he prospered. He he was blessed because God was with him. You know, there's joy and and drunkenness. You can see in God's presence, just like in in Acts. You know, they thought these people are drunk because they're just so full of God. There's love, basically where the presence of God, you see a manifestation of heaven. I believe God is actually heaven. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is within you and Jesus is within you. And so, you know, when we go to heaven, basically what we're doing is we're going into God's presence and where God is, there's love, joy, peace. That's why it's heaven, because God is there, guys. (laughs) And when somebody rejects God, that's why they go to hell. Hell isn't a place that God made to punish people. Hell is just an absence of God. So, God is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Can you imagine being in a place where those things are not? It's hell, you know? And so, you know, that's why if people reject God, that's why they go to hell. They go to a place where God isn't, and that is hell, <laughs> you know? It's an absence of love, it's a, which is absolute fear, absence of peace, an absence of joy, is absolute depression, you know. So when, God, when Jesus came here, he healed people and, you know, did various different things. And, and he, he kept on using these phrases, the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. The kingdom of God is at hand. The reason being is because he was there. So because he was there, heaven was coming. And he's within each one of us. And if we carriers of his presence, if he comes, heaven is here. So anything, so, so that's what his presence is around us. And his manifest presence is the manifestation of, of him, which is like heaven around us. And we are carriers of heaven wherever we go, right? That's what we are. And so just ending off with, you know, John 15, 5 says, I am the fruit. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit apart from me. He can do nothing. And so that's the manifest presence. When God is abiding with us, when we're constantly in the manifest presence, there will be the fruit of heaven all around our lives all around our lives that's why we we need to abide in his presence you know i was thinking you know god is the bible says the fountain of life and i was just thinking of that with regard to like you know if you deep sea diving um or if you're out where you don't like in in in, um Space. space and you need your oxygen you know you're gonna be connected to that oxygen tank you know you're gonna be aware all the time that you have got that oxygen to your mouth man (laughs) you know and that's how we need to be with God you know we breathe in him in like this is what abiding is you know that we're like we're constantly aware that we connected with God constantly breathing in his life um and that's what it uh, and, and we're going to see the fruit of it and this is what it means to live in his presence his manifest presence to be present and one of the ways we do that when God says abide in me and I'll abide in you and you'll bear much fruit is for us to be present with God I don't know if you've ever been in a situation and your mind so much on the things around you mm. that sometimes I, I will say I'm um, like, um, my family's around me. They're giving me a hug. They're giving me a kisses. And then I just take a moment to say, Debbie, just stop, just stop and be present in this moment and enjoy these people loving me, enjoy what's going on in this present moment. And that's also how we need to abide in God for us, not only for God to be present with us, but for us to be present in his presence if you understand what i'm saying
0: i was just thinking one thing as debbie was talking it just provoked a memory in me um when, when debbie was talking about it just takes faith it takes faith in god to enter into his presence and um it reminded me of the scripture in hebrews um hebrews 11 verse 6 says without faith it is impossible to please god because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards, or another translation actually says, and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. And it reminded me of an experience we had a couple of years ago with a friend of ours, and um, this uh, beautiful young woman, she, she was coming to some of our meetings, and the presence of God was just was really just um, present in the room and in the meetings, and um, she came to Debbie and she said, you know, I don't know why it is, but I never feel anything. I, I, I just really struggle, to, um, I really struggle to encounter God and really struggle a- at all. And like this is not true of everyone, but in this particular case, Debbie began to chat with her. And the Holy Spirit just prompted Debbie just to, just to ask her, what, what's your relationship with your dad like? And it turned out that this, um, this young woman had a, had a very, um, not a bad relationship, but a distant relationship with her, with her dad, and was therefore had put onto God a particular picture of God the Father. And that when she prayed and broke that off of her, the very next time she got prayer, she had this radical encounter with God's love and, uh, and His presence. And, and, you know, that, that experience has always just struck me so much because when I look at that scripture, what Debbie was saying about, we've got to have faith that God is a rewarder, you know, it goes to who do you actually think your God is, you know, we could coin the phrase, who's your daddy, who's your daddy, you know, and is he a rewarder or is he a punisher? You see, so many of us have this picture of God that is like, if I don't get this absolutely right, God's going to punish me. And that's their primary grid of God is that God is a punisher. God's a punisher of sin. He's a distancer. He's a, he's a rebuker. And, uh, and we've got that as our primary grid of God. But this tells us, it says that if we're going to come to God, It's not enough to just believe that he exists, but that it speaks to the nature of God, that he is by nature a rewarder of those who come looking for him, come uh, come seeking him, that he's going to reward your pursuit um, with with his uh, presence. And that that comes to the whole issue of just trust. You know, I, I think, I think, God is raising up, I believe, a generation of people who are called to carry his manifested presence to a a level that we have never seen before. And, And I honestly believe that we need to begin to raise our expectations of what is normal, of what is normal. And we also need to broaden our expectation of who is called to carry the presence of God. Because the word says that God is going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And so I honestly believe that this is one of the things that, that we're pursuing is raising up an army of joy-filled lovers. People who love God and as a consequence are filled with his presence and, uh, and his joy. And this is part of it. This is part of it. Going after it in this way.
1: I think it's really good for each one of us to answer the question, like, where am I? How deep am I? Where, and not only where I am, but where do I want to be in God's presence?
0: We hope you have enjoyed this message from Debbie Desmond.